It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And I am coming down off of a month of just delicious cookies and could not make a decision about what cookie to eat next. You know, it, it, it we ended with such a fantastic cookie experience. Yes, if anyone listening to this hasn't listened to the episode before this, the Chipwitch cookie was like our our piece de resistance. Yes, exactly what Jill said in her fancy French. <laughs> it was an excellent dessert and very hard to top. And so I had to shift into a different mindset where I'm not trying to top that cookie. I'm just looking for a different cookie and I think I found it and I think there's a great story to it and I think there's great science and so I've re-excited myself listeners for a brand new cookie lab it didn't take you long no I'm I'm pretty uh you you're pretty resilient I'm pretty resilient (laughs) uh but I do need more chip witches by the way so yeah we uh, that needs to be like in the rotation for sure so this week we are talking about the monster cookie. What are you talking about? Because the cookie that you have given me does not look like a monster. It doesn't. It and looks wh- like a it looks like a fudgy delicious concoction. It's not. It's not? There's no fudge in it. Okay. What is in it? Or what can you tell us about so, it? So so back to school. Let's call this our back to school special. Sure. I was looking for a cookie that would be reminiscent of going back to school. And that's what I typed in to the Google as I was looking for cookies. And, you know, you come up with like 30 back to school cookie recipes for your child's lunchbox. And some of them are healthy ones with kale. Yuck. Oh, no. And then some... No one wants a kale cookie. <laughs> and then some of them are... A lot of chocolate chip cookies and I was just I was mourning the end of chocolate chip cookie month and I just kept so I said oh my gosh here's a cookie that could be my transitional cookie because it like your your crossover cookie it has chocolate chips it's like weaning myself off chocolate chip cookie month oh is it not a chocolate chip cookie Chris it's it's technically has chocolate chips but that is not the primary feature of this cookie okay this cookie is called the monster cookie because it contains anything you want it's like a frankenstein monster oh. of putting together other cookie ingredients into a fabulous treat okay tell me more here's the history I actually have a newspaper clipping from 1971. Did my mom mail it to you? (laughs) She's always mailing me clippings. (laughs) It's on newspapers.com. Oh. And it is the State Journal from Lansing, Michigan. Shout out to the Mitten State. And... Oh, nice. And the, I don't know, what, what you, the title, is there a technical Headli- term? Headline? Oh, the headline, thank you. 
<laughs> Jill is a journalist, ma journalism major. In a past life. Local man doesn't skimp. Monster cookies, a real challenge. Intriguing. And so on Sunday, January 17th of 1971, the State Journal featured Michigan State University photographer Dick Wesley and his monster cookie. And they said that the monster cookie was a pretty accurate name for a recipe that burned out two regular mixers and is now mixed with an electric drill. <laughs> I will tell you. Is it made of concrete? What is, is this cookie? That is, I mixed my monster cookie. I let it mix for about three minutes. Okay. And I smell the smell that I've never like smelled before. Like a burning before. smell? Yes. It's you were burning out the motor of your you mixer? You've got to be very careful with your mixer oh when you goodness. do this. And I had not read this newspaper article, but had I read it, I would have been all over it. I would have known right away. Is your mixer okay? I think so. I didn't try it okay. again. I'm going to wait okay. until my spouse tries it. Let it, it cool and down a bit. Blame oh. her if something goes wrong with it. Always a good strategy. Yeah. So he said that the cookie started out as a basic recipe for peanut butter cookies, and he wanted to make them one day, but he didn't have any flour. And he found that if he put oatmeal in the blender and blended it, it could equal flour. He was making oat flour, yeah. Yeah, we've done that before. Yeah. And so he has six children, and the recipe started to evolve from there. And he was always making cookies because the kids were eating cookies so fast. And he was like, oh my gosh, this just takes so long. What if I don't blend the oatmeal into flour anymore? What if I just put it in there? Okay. And then he's like, whatever I have that appeals to me or is left over from other treats, I could just put into this giant stainless steel bowl. And blend And blend it. And so, you know, he he does. He like puts in broccoli, he puts in no, whatever no, I he don't wants. Even believe you. No. Yeah. 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 And so that would be a monstrous cookie. And <laughs> let me be clear, I like kale and I like broccoli, but not in my cookie. And he makes them huge. Mm. Another another monster reference there. Just just a big cookie. Yeah, I used our regular cookie scoop for that for this cookie but he makes them huge so i'm excited because we found an actual primary source that found the inventor of this cookie right because a lot of times we're like the origin of this cookie is open to debate the earliest known reference to this cookie is so th this is pretty exciting stuff exactly so thank you to dick wesley we have the cookie in front of us my cookie is a little different than his recipe because you can make your monster cookie with anything you have and, and you had what and we have we've done lots of peanut butter cookies right and mm -hmm. at least two different kinds maybe three maybe four and we've done oatmeal cookies so i didn't want it to be just plain like that so i found a recipe that uses nutella as the base so this is um not necessarily dick wesley's recipe he's just the originator of the concept and you found a version that calls for nutella yes and okay. this one has oatmeal and nutella and instead of butter it uses shortening and it uses granulated sugar 
brown sugar, and corn syrup. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so sweet. That, well, no, because it's smaller proportions of each of them. Oh, okay. And then you can put in any fixins that you want. So I put in chocolate chips and M&M's. You could put oh my in... Oh gosh, Chris, you're trying to kill me with this cookie! You could put in nuts. No, I'm just trying to give you a pleasurable mouth sensation. Okay. So, so you've got the creaminess of the ingredients. It takes three eggs as well. Did you did you blend the oats into oat flour, or it's just oats? Nope. No, and I was worried about that. I was like, these oats are just going to be too chewy. But mm-hmm. it's just four cups of oats, three eggs, all of those other ingredients, some baking soda, and salt, and uh, and then the good crunchy chocolate uh, M&M's and chocolate chips. And then then I chilled the dough and it only bakes for seven minutes. That's a pretty quick cookie. It's a pretty quick cookie. It's not 12 minutes. It's not 18 minutes. We've baked all of those things, those lengths before. And voila, this cookie turned out. And You did I, one that was like hours, didn't you? Uh, maybe, yeah. So here we go. Here's okay, here the cookie. Go. You want to describe it? Without further ado. Well, it looks, like I said, it looks kind of fudgy. It's brown, and it looks like it's going to be uh, chewy. It is a good uh, kind of spread. You know, it's not tall. And you can see the colorful M&Ms. It looks like it's going to have some texture and some chew. Yeah. And I'm ready to try it. Let's give it a taste. Here we go. Surprisingly, it even has a little crispness on the outside. Mm, Right on the edges. It's definitely chewy. It's not too sweet. Good, I'm glad. It's got all kinds of textures in it. I can kind of taste the M&M and maybe a little bit of the, maybe a little bit of the salt and the chewiness. Do you get the Nutella? Yeah, it's got a good chocolatey base flavor. Chocolate hazelnut. Mm-hmm. No extra chocolate in it, no. The OD texture is making me feel like it's healthy. Very healthy. I don't think there's really anything healthy in here except for oats. No flour whatsoever. That is so weird. This cookie has no flour and no butter. Right. Yeah. I like it. I wonder if you could make a chip witch with this cookie. This might make a nice one because it's... It's got the right texture. Now, mine is still a little bit frozen because I like them that way. Mm-mm. Yours are I, not. I kept mine out as soon as you handed it to me. I put it on the counter. And was it? Are they staying together? Are they nice? Well, and... first I had to wrestle the container away from my dog. These are not dog cookies. No, certainly not. Dogs can't have chocolate. Yum. Yum. Two point five, two point six on our scale. Maybe even higher. That's a good cookie. I'd make it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd bring it to a party. Excellent. Yeah, I think people will will like this cookie. Well, I'm just thinking about the science. I mean, how does it even qualify as a cookie? Because there's no butter. Or flour. Or flour. It does not match our cookie ratio, our ingredient yeah. ratio very well. But I have an, a science fact that is even more amazing to me than, oh. than the lack of flour. And that is? And that is corn syrup. Corn syrup. Well, this might be our first cookie with corn syrup. Well, let's talk about it. You can, in, in your chocolate chip cookies, you can replace part of the granulated sugar with corn syrup, and you're going to get a chewier cookie. Interesting. Yeah. If you like your chocolate chip cookies nice and chewy and 
bendy, then you just put in a little bit of corn syrup and take out a tablespoon of your sugar. But have you ever tasted corn syrup just straight out of the jar? I don't think so. Well, when I'm having my, uh, sh when I need a sugar fix, I go right for the corn syrup and I just glug oh, it. Oh, No, no, no. That's, <laughs> that's not what I do. But if you've ever done that, you might notice that corn syrup is less sweet than table sugar. What? Just looking at the bottle makes me think it's going to taste like... Do you ever have simple syrup, like for making a cocktail? Sure. Yeah. It's just su sugary water, and that's when I... And just boiled down. Just looking at the corn syrup bottle makes me think it's going to be like sticky and sweet, and I don't want anything to do with it. Well, it's sticky and sweet, but it's it's not as... It's not unpleasantly so. Right. And that's because table sugar is made up of a two-part sugar chain composed of one glucose molecule and one fructose molecule. Okay. I think we've talked about each of those before. And it's called sucrose. Glucose plus fructose equals sucrose. Exactly. While corn syrup is made of pure glucose. Okay. Fructose is sweeter than glucose, and as a result, table sugar is sweeter than corn syrup. Okay. And this is not nothing to do with high fructose corn syrup? No, nope, this is just regular... This is just corn syrup. ...what you buy from the store, yeah. Here is the m most surprising part to me. Have you ever eaten a ear of corn? I have. It's not as sweet as corn syrup, is it? No. No. Corn sugars don't start... Wait, I don't know, because I've never eaten straight corn syrup. Well, I'll tell you then... <laughs> Wait, quick. I just look like Go I, to your cupboard. I look at the corn syrup and it looks like it's going to kill me from the sugar. And then I look at the corn and I think, well, that's practically a vegetable. Yes. Corn sugar doesn't start out as sweet as table sugar or corn syrup. And that's because it's mostly starch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because corn isn't really a vegetable. Mm. It's a starch. And so are potatoes and so is rice. Like that. And so those aren't sweet Not like at kale all. and broccoli. Those things you have to put table sugar on top of to make sweet. Right. 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 That's because your tongue cannot taste the individual glucose molecules when they're locked up in the long starch chains. Okay. So to your tongue, there's no sugar. So they're in there. They just don't really, you just don't really taste They're locked it. up. And so for your tongue, there's no, actually no sweet treat for your brain. Okay. And to make corn syrup, the manufacturers have to break down these long chains into smaller pieces so that your tongue can actually sense them. And so okay. what they do is they apply acid. They they make What? So what they that do sounds terrible. So what they do is they take cornstarch. You're familiar with cornstarch? So do you mean like the powdery white stuff? I do. This is how corn syrup is made by like reconstituting cornstarch? Yes, Jill. I am so surprised. Isn't it? Isn't it great science? I thought you'd be squeezing the corn the way we had to squeeze the cactus to get the agave or squeeze the maple tree to get the maple sap. Exactly. You just get sap, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I would imagine. That they're like there's some machine that's like pressing the corn. Nope. What they do is they dry wow. it into cornstarch and then they apply acid to it. And Sounds super weird, but okay, keep going. And that breaks down the 
chains into chains of three to five glucose molecules. And these chains still aren't sweet enough. So after more time, they just let it sit in the acid and it breaks down further into single glucose molecules. And it is finally separated from the acid. And it is something that your tongues can recognize. How sweet it is. And the manufacturers can the, control how thick and sweet the syrup will end up being by controlling how much starch molecules break down. So the more small chains that are left behind, the thicker and less sweet the syrup will be. So it's like it's like a fine whiskey that's barrel aged for a minimum of 12 years. Right. When they want to make something as sweet and cheap as possible, they make high fructose corn syrup. So, Jill, you've also heard of high fructose corn syrup, right? Yes, as an ingredient in processed foods. Right, and it's the, the corn syrup we love to hate. It's completely different mm. than the consumer brand corn syrup. And so a little bit of acid in your cornstarch, you're going to get a mildly sweet corn syrup. A little, uh, let it sit for a little longer, like a like a finer aged bourbon, as you said. It gets sweet like the consumer Which, brand. Which, by the way, also made from corn, bourbon. Yeah. Yes. And so you get the consumer brand corn syrup that we know and love. And then if manufacturers want high fructose corn syrup, they take that corn syrup that we know and love and they run it through many... I think you're overstating our love for corn syrup. <laughs> that we know. Yeah. And and they process it even more through even more chemical reactions. Uh-huh. And they turn the glucose into fructose. You can do that? You can turn glucose into fructose? You can. Yes. It's a chemical reaction. Okay. And then you get that substance that has been linked to obesity and heart disease and all those other things so that's not what we're eating here today totally safe and and making for uh quite a tasty cookie in this case yeah that i might uh reach over after i'm done with mine and uh, try to take one of jill's what would no 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 no. No? keep your paws off my cookie my high fructose no keep your paws (laughs) off my monster cookies keep your paws off my monster cookies and i can't wait now that i've transitioned from chocolate chip cookie month to next week when we will have another fantastic treat and it's going to be so different what i'm planning if i can pull it off no chocolate chips it's going to just reset your buttons oh reset my buttons (laughs) (laughs) I am ready. I am ready. All right. See you next week, Jill. Bye-bye. It's Cookie Lab.